Hey, Matt. What's going on, Mark? <laughs> Not much. You know, doing like everyone else, playing with AI. Yeah, I, uh, I'm playing with that shit too. <laughs> it's really? It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, right? That mm. this this new technology that's supposed to make us all more productive has actually reduced productivity because <laughs> we're all playing with it. Yeah, it's it's Jesus. It's hard to believe that it's captivated the world the way that it has. It's, yeah. uh, it's truly incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I am so excited about it and I've been using it for... I, I try to use it for any idea that comes up in my in my head. Like I'm 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 gonna try to do this with it, right? Um, but and the more I play with it, the more I see it's it's so powerful. And then I start having concerns about it. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to talk about AI concerns. Yeah, or let's do it. Let's just talk about the fun stuff instead. Well, no, because I, I, I I've um, I go back and forth on the concerns. I. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been going back and forth a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned about Skynet and you know the robots no. killing us. Like that's no. those aren't my concerns. Yeah, not I, yet. I, anyway, no, exactly, not yet. I think it's still coming, but not yet. <laughs> and it's the kind of thing that there's no reason for me to worry about it because what am I going to do about it? Right? Mm-hmm. It's like if if it happens, it happens. Yeah. But um, so I'd rather focus on things that I can do like you know so like how do I use it in my life or mm. or like one of the concerns is my my daughter's in her second year in software engineering at university mm-hmm. and sometimes I wonder like should she continue this <laughs> this four-year program like mm-hmm. are there going to be any jobs for her when she graduates right right and I know a lot of people say oh don't worry about it like mm-hmm. there's always new different jobs to have afterwards or you know, they all create new jobs. Yeah, but will they be as well-paying as current software engineering jobs? Mm. Right? If if um, if software engineers can be replaced with, with English majors that are good at writing prompts, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, um, you know, all the salaries are going to drop in, in that space. Right. So, yeah, sometimes I wonder, like, should you change the program? Mm. Or the other concern is, should she use it? Like, mm. right? Start getting you start getting good at using it, but at the same time, is that going to prevent her from learning software engineering? If mm. if it spits out answers for her, like the, the will she understand how it came up with those answers, or, or if those answers are good? Like, right? Like, I I I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to how to advise her. Mm. Like use it, but make sure that you're not using it too much so it doesn't impair your learning. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in two years when she graduate, when she graduates, like she's going to be using it at work. Mm. I mean, unless the government makes it illegal, like in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I wasn't sure if that headline was an April Fool's joke or not. Seriously, and and they had they had done another thing too, right? Like like these. Uh, making it illegal to use English words or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. be, yeah, it seems like Italy was on a roll for April Fool's, just coming out with stupid, stupid rules and laws. Yeah. No, it's it's a very... It, so I was having a similar discussion recently, and it's very interesting because people are talking about in like high school or whatever, uh, should students be allowed to use GPT to write their essays for them? And like, I'll say that this this whole discussion to me 
feels a lot like the discussions that we had around using calculators. Right. It's like, why should we, like, why should, if students will always have calculators, then why should we, when they're in school, why shouldn't they be using a calculator on a test? What's, what's the problem there? And this whole thing feels exactly like that problem just blown up. Yeah. To all knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And, and reasoning. Yeah. 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 to, To some extent reasoning. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. Like as, so something that, you know, to, to not restate the problem, but to, to give you another take on it. Like when we think about all, there's this interesting visualization I was told once of like, imagine all of human knowledge as like a, as a circle and you as a researcher, like say you go, you get your undergrad degree. Okay, great. Like you, you have a, some idea of like what's going off of the human knowledge. Then you go to get a master's degree and that takes you somewhat like close to the edge of the circle in one really hyper-specific place. And then you go to do your PhD. And that takes you even closer to the edge of the circle. And the idea is, as an academic, your goal is to push the outside of that circle an infinitesimal amount (laughs) further. Now, what's interesting is, as soon as we push that circle forward, everybody behind you is like, great, thank you for for forwarding human knowledge. And they all stand on your shoulder. They accept it as, you know, not not everything is definitively black and white, but they accept it as new human knowledge that they can then leverage to go further. And that's the whole reason we do these things. We want to further human knowledge. But it's interesting because, like, you innovate and everybody kind of gives you a high five and says, thanks for innovating. And then kind of forget about you because, like, you're, you have done your service already. And it's funny because, like, if you think of, like, ChatGPT as a meat grinder, like, that thing that you just did just gets fed to the meat grinder and now ChatGPT knows it. So we don't, we don't really, like, celebrate very much, like, the creation of new knowledge because we're so knowledge-based. It's like we just want to add more things to our corpus of knowledge. So now all of a sudden we have a, a thing that knows everything <laughs> and can reasonably reason a lot and we're asking ourselves very difficult questions of how do you, what is worth learning? Right. I, yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> There's lots of interesting arguments that pop up around. It is a good question. Like what is worth learning? If calculators can do the math for us, then why bother learning how to add? We don't know that you're going to become a math researcher. Like maybe we sh- you shouldn't learn long division. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I will say at least for... George Hotz, uh, the guy who started Comma AI, the like self-driving company, he also was, he's a hacker. He was responsible for like a, a PlayStation hack or something. Um, he said something a long time ago that I took for granted, but he was like, you know, most programmers are not doing very interesting work. Like if you're, pu- if you're pixel pushing or like building another auth system, like that's not really interesting work. Um, like working on self-driving cars, understanding how to re-engineer and build new things. Like that's, we're furthering human knowledge. Like that's the kind of like really interesting work. And at the time he was saying like, no, this was a few years ago. He was like, AI will like get rid of all that non-interesting work. And I thought, no, that doesn't make any sense. I agree with you about like potential, like, you know, I do find the writing code to be a a beautiful thing, a skill you want to hone, but will AI really get rid of it? But now I'm looking at it like, oh, I think he was right. Right. No, seriously. Like, it at this point, it's exponential growth. Hmm. Right. Like, we can use ChatGPT to write 
ChatGPT five mm. and then use five to write six and and yeah now it's trained up to September twenty twenty one but mm. then we'll just feed it the last year and yeah so yeah it's it's very interesting to think through yeah what is worth learning like because I don't know at least where I'm standing right now we still have to you know we still are making technical leaps in terms of new chip designs and hardware designs and things like that. Like the AI is not yet able to combine two entities. It might be able to reason which entity is useful, but it can't It can't do A plus B. It can't convolute those entities in a reasonable way. Um, so it can't discover anything new. It's just, right now it's just a very fancy autocomplete. And I wonder how long it will be until it can do something like that. Uh, where I, it can say what A plus B is. Yeah, I I would push back on that. Like yeah. I hear a lot of people say that. Oh no, it, it's it can't create anything. And I don't know. Like people ask it to create poems all the time, or like songs to parody songs. Like it creates stuff all the time. Like and could it create a cure for cancer? <laughs> yeah. Well, like well, like it could. It could maybe create the experiment that needs to be done. Like, mm. right. Well, of course, it's it just generates text at this point, so it mm. can't actually do an experiment. Right. Yeah, I think something that I'm. Yeah. So I think what you've said is absolutely reasonable. I think where I'm stumbling is defining creation. Where was I going with that? I guess I was thinking like so much of what we do in our lives is based on is knowledge based. Like we read things, we get inspired, or we build our corpus of knowledge, and we use that to create new things. And what you're saying is totally true. Like, I don't know that I see a big difference between, like, if I read a lot of Margaret Atwood books, and I sit down to write a book, I might emulate Margaret Atwood to some degree. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me. And, And like, with the creation you talk about, like, if it has an if it has ingested all literature, (laughs) right, then you know, like it can create. It certainly seems to be able to. I mean, definitely for the image generation stuff, it, it's creating all the time. Yeah. And yeah, people, I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's it's not fair. It's it's stealing people's like styles and, and reusing them. But at the same time, like, could you imagine when an artist paints something, they would have to cite every painting they've ever seen in their life? Because yeah. it, it's all up there in their in their large language model, right? But the, yeah. the visual part of the brain, mm-hmm. they could, it's all up there. Every, everything they've ever seen is up there. Yes. And yeah, when they do a stroke of the brush, like how much of it is just recalling something it's seen before? And same thing with text. When you write a book, like do you have to cite all the other books you read? No. Yeah, you can never do it. And even though you're not plagiarizing them, for sure, they've influenced your vocabulary, your ideas. Your... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. My my last concern is is also that it's the opposite. It's like, this is so powerful. It makes me a 10x dev. Mm. And what if they take it away from us? <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Like, either Chad GPT does, like, takes it away, or people are petitioning now that they should stop doing research or governments like Italy or banning it. Like, you know, it could be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And then, but then some people will still have access to it uh, either Mm -hmm. on the black market or whatever. And right. And then, then it's no fair. Then 
I'm no longer a 10x dev, but other people have a major advantage over me. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Like I, uh, there's there's so much to this. Of yeah, just asking. Like, because I agree with you that, like, let's just like you know, if you have a VPN, <laughs> you can get access to anything. So it's you know everyone has access to it. It's enough. Then what? Because it's so true. Like yeah, I I totally see the 10x productivity route. Um, you know, like as a small example. To be able to do something like, oh, I'm building a front end and the back end is going to send me a payload of data and I want to generate some fake data. ChatGPT, here's a, an example schema. Generate me 15 more of these. Yep, no problem. Here you go. Yeah. And like normally I would have had to have asked, I would have had to have asked somebody to do that or at least copied and done some copying and pasting and changing some right. things, whatever. And now it's like, I mean, that's just one small example of something we do every day. Um because I, yeah, like, I still think that, um, I mean, of the code bases I've seen, it's pretty hard to ask AI to do a lot of what we've done because no one knows how the system works. So it's difficult to say, like, well, ChatGPT, like, or you know, I'm imagining some future with, like, big enterprise applications where the, it's generating tons of code and the logic is a bit like a black box. And then we say, oh, well, I want to generate... I want to change this logic so that it works differently. Good luck. Like <laughs> the reason we define all of these things is is really hard. Like it, it it's unclear, it changes over time, it's wrong and then gets yeah. fixed. Like these I, I don't know that I, I don't know that even if you had a computer and you give it all of these things, all, all of these rules, I don't know that it will ever be necessarily as good as a human at figuring out all the edge cases and how they interact. But it could be damn good, that's for sure. Like, maybe you need a tenth of the people or a twentieth of the people. And it's just the beginning. <laughs> oh, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Yeah, I, I go in waves of fear and excitement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, I'm I'm so excited when I'm playing around with it. Mm. But then when I when I step back and just think about it, it's like, damn, like, this this is huge. Like, I'm, I'm on, I, yeah, I'm totally blown away by what it's able to do. And I know that it's just going to get better. Yeah. And a lot of the naysayers, like I often don't share their, their arguments. Like it, I find this, there's too many people thinks that think that humans are so special. Like we're, we're like, we're like special, we're different yeah. and, and no computer could ever do what we do. Sorry to, like, that's, uh... <laughs> that's, wishful, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. It's, it's like, it's an easy way to, not be scared of it. Just believe in this magical sauce that makes up humans. Totally. And then, then yeah, and it's easy to to not be scared of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, like, just because it doesn't help. Like, this is something that I've been talking a little bit about with my wife. Um, she's talked about how, like, because she's a statistician, so she understands to some degree how this is working under the hood, and she's kind of been down on it. Of just like, well, like, she's very interesting because, like, a lot, like. All of the um, all of the techniques and technologies that machine learning is using to um, uh, to do its computation and to figure all this out is they're all statistical methods. They're all methods right. developed by statisticians that have just been like adapted and renamed, and they get all this like excellent press because now it's machine learning and it's way sexier than statistics, even though it's statistics. <laughs> so, but you can't like i just can't deny 
it, I, I can't deny the output. Like, w- call it whatever you want, whether it knows or is alive or is not, it is irrelevant because the, the output and what it creates is so incredible. It's, it's truly, yeah, it, it's, it's truly groundbreaking. Yeah, and I, I find the more I, I play with it and I think about it, the more I, I notice my brain works the same way. Like, mm. <laughs> right? Like, how much of, of me is just a large language model? You know, I think it's a very, I think that is one of the most reasonable questions that we, that you can ask. Like, what is a, what is a synapse and and how do these things fire together? I think it's a totally reasonable question to ask. Like, like here's an experiment. If, if I ask you to come up with a large mammal, what, like what comes up? Elephant. Okay. Right. So did that word just pop into your head? Or did you retrieve a list of all the large mammals that you've ever encountered, sort them by size, <laughs> and then you picked the third biggest one? Like, mm. what, like how did you come up with this answer, right? Yeah. Did, you, did you think of whale? Did you think of orca? No. Did you think of rhino? Yeah. Like, why did you only think of elephant? Like, how is that not an, a large language model? Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just statistically, that's the one that came out... At, at this moment, if I would have asked you yesterday, maybe you would have said rhino because you, you saw a, yeah. a, a picture on the way home that had a rhino on it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think all that to say that, you know, should your daughter switch, <laughs> switch careers? I don't think so. Um, I think if anything, I mean, at least today, right now, a lot of the boilerplate work will go away and truly hard problems will be left. And I think a world where that's the case is going to look very, very different. The skills that we ask our pro, our developers to have, our software engineers to have, are going to be, um, it's going to be way more demanding. I think we're going to have to have a lot more specialty, maybe a lot more breadth in what we know and, and how we can begin to think about how to tackle problems like this. Um yeah, un- until until AI, AI may be able to help us to solve those problems, but they won't be able to solve them for us just yet. So at that point, it's like the maximum leverage of this thing will be, how do I use it to inspire me and take away and tap into the vast corpus of knowledge that exists? Cross-discipline, like, yeah. Yeah, because now it, it's never been easier to look something up. Like, I thought looking shit up on Google was easy. Like, <laughs> I know. I, I almost don't use Google anymore. Yeah, I, I do and don't. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I still do a lot of fact check. Um, although, you know, I'm totally comfortable asking ChatGPT, like, what temperature is pork cooked at? Like, I'm, <laughs> like right. I, have a, I have a rough idea of what the answer is going to be. Exactly, right. It's not going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, my advice would be to st- stick with it since she only has two years left and for sure she'll find a job when she comes out, right? Yeah, I don't think if that'll not, be a problem. If it's not software en- engineering, it's going to be prompt writing or <laughs> yeah, or right or testing generated code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but I'm just thinking long term though, like right, developers, right? We we have very high starting salaries, and you know as we get more experience the salary goes up right will will we still have career paths like that mm. when you could just hire people that are fresh out of school and just give them ai mm-hmm. like why would you pay for a, a software engineer with 10 years experience that's twice as much if you could mm-hmm. just buy 
someone fresh out of school and give them chat GPT for 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. um, It'll be interesting to see how, I mean, I guess like the first thing that I'm drawn to is like performance, like maybe AI generated code just tends to be, tends to perform worse because problems are more nuanced than, or like being able to provide an next enough context to it to have it generate the right code and then to know actually we need to regenerate this code specifically or figuring out how to write modules correctly and manage those modules and measure them to know you need to pull them out or like you need to pull this module out in favor of another like there's still going to be a lot of technical pro- uh, problems i just wonder yeah how many will there be and could you build a self-healing system where at like some point the system can identify that this module is running poorly but how does it tweak itself or can it even tweak itself that feels like a version of the halting problem but i mean right now it's definitely not able to do like top level thinking right like let's you know let's build power importer right (laughs) yeah there's a front end there's a back end Mm -hmm. there's you know devops the like you can't just tell it build me a power importer and then it generates all those pieces for you like right so you sort of have to maybe ask it for what, what would an architecture look like for that? Yeah. Then refeed that into it. All right, let's start mm-hmm. building the boilerplate for the front end and mm-hmm. start doing the back end. Yeah. So it's still, you still have to do a lot of the yeah. iterative process. And I think too, something that we, we're not talking a lot about is that um, a lot of the UIs, I was so impressed at the UIs that were being created. Like they look so modern, but I think a thing to remember is that it's being trained on the look and feel of things that already exist. So it's, I would argue that it's creating a lot of what we already know, but there's so many people online creating things that look very similar in style or feel that it's able to do very good at that, or it's able to do very well. So the question becomes like, I wonder how innovations will be created. Like at some point people are like, it's too easy to just have the AI generate a UI. Um, so we don't need we don't need like UX engineers anymore. And then it's like, oh shit, okay, well, we're frozen in time <laughs> the way things look because there's no incentive to to make things look any different because that's too expensive. It's cheaper to have the AI produce something that's already passable for today. Or maybe that becomes how you differentiate yourself. Yeah, I think so. Like maybe, yeah, for your MVP, you just go with it. But then you might want to improve it. Like you're still going to talk to your customers and yeah. find out how you can improve the interface. No, I, st- I still think we have jobs especially us like for me it's it's it just makes my job easier yeah like you know it it does copywriting it does coding it does it does mocking up of data it uh, you know it does so many jobs Hmm. so for me it it's great please don't take it away (laughs) (laughs) no i agree i agree so what have you been doing with it uh i've been generating product summaries with it uh, really? <laughs> feeding it Amazon reviews and having it do categorization, sentiment analysis, um, yeah, analysis in general, and then uh, using that and, and showing that to customers. Okay, cool. Have you? What have you been doing? Oh my god, what have uh, <laughs> what have I not been doing with it? <laughs> like I, I uh, seriously like any idea I come up with during the day, I, I, I try it. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I've done. It's amazing at debugging stuff like that. Like, cause I've, I'm a huge, 
like automator. Like I love to automate everything in my life, right? So I have this like folder with like hundreds of scripts yeah. in there. Yeah. And and stuff is in my cron table. Like right it's so much so much things are automated. But sometimes stuff breaks. So the on my to do list I have a bunch of things. Oh fix this thing, fix that. And yeah, often like, oh, okay, I'll, I think I'll, I'll work on this one today. And, and I just start debugging it with it. Like, just like, Sweet. okay, why, why am I getting this error? And then it says, well, maybe it's because of this. Mm. <laughs> then I try it. No, that didn't work. Well, maybe it's that. Try it. Okay, that fixed it. But now I'm having this problem. Right. It's, yeah, for that, I, it, it feels like magic. <laughs> it really it, feels yeah, like yeah. magic. At yeah. the end, you're like, mm. wow, this thing's been on my to-do list forever. I didn't even know where to start, like debugging this. It's on. Yeah, so I fixed quite a few bugs, like or scripts that were broken, and I've started using it for Grease Monkey. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know if yeah, I don't yeah. know if you use. Yeah, like I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why not more people use Grease Monkey or Temper Monkey, which are browser you use, right? Like, but yeah, if I'm on a website and there's something I don't like about that website, <laughs> I want to, I want to fix it, like. <laughs> So like sometimes I'll use I'll use uBlock Origin to like hide stuff, but sometimes you want to change something. Like I want yeah, yeah. I want a button that will sort by price, right? Like, yeah. and that site doesn't provide it. I just add it. But now, <laughs> like, it. <laughs> but now I've started like just generating the scripts like with ChatGPT. So I say, you know, this is this is the HTML. Like I want to sort it by price. There's the price, and then it just generates the whole script. You just Copy paste it, yeah. boom! It's like there you go. I fixed that site because <laughs> each time I would have to like reread the documentation. Wait, how do I, how do I add style sheets? Like, what's the Forget what's it. the permission I have to grant? And then you have yeah. to look at the docs. It's like, yeah, it just does does it all. All right, man. I think I'm gonna. I think I need to take off. All right. Cool, man. Tweet more about the AI endeavors you're doing. The, <laughs> I can't. I can't wait every two weeks to hear more about what you're doing. This is wild. Start it. Yeah, like yeah. There needs to be more mailing lists and stuff about this. Yeah, seriously. Cool. All right. Man. All right. So, talk to you next week. Catch you in a few weeks.